If there's anything that you and I would hate, that is to be a failure. It's easy for you and I to use that word, isn't it? That word failure. Does it take us very long to say it because we messed up somewhere down the road? But there's one thing that you and I do not want to become, and that's a failure. Amen? I'm going to be reading in Luke chapter 12. We're going to talk about the greedy farmer. Some called him the successful farmer. We're going to look at it from that standpoint of a greedy farmer. What do you think of when you hear that word greedy? You hear anything? What, what comes to your mind? Talk to me. What is it, mountain man? You hear the word greedy. What do you hear? They want it all. Want it all. What did you say? Selfish. That's true, isn't it? If we're greedy, we're selfish. So I'm going to read from the message in Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 13. Someone out of the crowd said, Teacher, order my brother to give me a fair share of the family inheritance. What do you hear in that statement? In that one sentence, what do you hear? Huh? Hoarder? Orders? Say, hey, I want my brother to what? What else? What else you hear in that situation? Where do you think they're sitting at? What, what is the setting? It can be a multiple of things, but I automatically think of somebody died. <clears throat> Remember the story that I told you guys one time about my dad? He had five brothers. <clears throat> he had one sister. His dad had already died, already passed away. And mom passes away, and so took care of all the arrangements. Now it's time for all the family to get together to do what? Divvy it up. Divvy it up. So... Everybody's families came. She lived in a shotgun house. Living room, bedroom, kitchen, bathroom. Not very big, is it? And you got all those families in there, and everybody's saying, Mama said I could have this. Daddy said I could have this. Mama, that's got my... And, and that's all you could hear. Pretty soon my dad hollered. He's the oldest in the family. My dad hollered, You guys need to shut up. And my dad never say that. He'd never, he would never say that word. But he did then. It got quiet. He said, every one of you are going to go to hell. And he looked at me and he said, go get your mother and your sister. Let's go. We left. He hollered at his next brother. He said, Fred. Tell me how much I owe. And we walked out the door. What were they arguing about? What were they talking about? And that same verse right there, tell me my, give me my, my fair share of my inheritance. Next line. He replied, Mister, what makes you think it's any of my business to be a judge or a mediator? You see where he settles the situation? He said, I'm not going to be a judge in that situation. I'm not going to be a mediator in that opportunity. Next line, he says, speaking to the people, he went on 
Two words, take care. Protect yourself against the least bit of what? Greed. Okay, maybe that's the reason why he said take care because can that happen to us? Can you and I have greed and if it's just 50 cents in our pocket? This last summer, end of July, excuse me, yeah, end of July, there was a group that came up here from Austin, Texas. Every day they'd work in this building and other places around the area. And this, at the certain time, they would take a break and go to the Quick Trip or the Sonic. Here's the neat thing about it. They said, hey, Ron, come and go with us. I said, nah. No, come on. Come on, go with us. Slick over there is going to pay. All right, immediately, what do you think? Hey, he's paying. I'm going to what? I'm going to get 14 of... He's paying. Can greedy, can we become greedy in just that one moment, second time? Can we? Because Satan's going to hit us with it. Is that, is that true? He's going to hit it with us. There's a guy by the name of Jay Leno. You ever heard that name? How many cars does he have? Can he take care of all those vehicles? He's got all that kind of money, and he's got to take care of them. He's always got something going on. But my question is, what is his relationship with the Lord? I don't even know. I have a mentor that wrote a letter to a fellow by the name of the guy who headed up Playboy. What's his name? He wrote a letter to Hugh Hefner. Because Hugh Hefner had some questions about God. So my mentor wrote him. Hugh wrote back. My buddy wrote him back again. And that was it. That was it. No more communication. Is there, could there be some greed involved in, in me making a relationship with my father? That I don't want to go to the cross because I, I'm taking about... What nurse said is selfishness in the arena of greed. You said it is. Let's keep reading. Protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Life is not defined by what you have. Even when you have a lot. <clears throat> Boy, that's a temptation of Satan, isn't it? Because I need to get more of this. I need to get a little more of this. Just go look in your closet. Got any shoes? How many shoes you have? I need another pair. I need another pair of boots. I need another shirt. I need another whatever. But notice what he said. Don't let a least bit of greed get you. And your life is not determined by what? What you have. Let's read the next line. Then he told them this story. The farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop. He talked to himself. What can I do? My barn isn't big enough for this harvest. Now let me back up. Let me, ask, let me read that a different way. What can I do? You hear, you hear, I changed that a little bit. 
It's not the question of how can I help you, but what, what can I do about my barn because I need another barn because I've got a terrific crop, don't I? And I've got to store all that up, don't I? My barn isn't big enough for this harvest. And then he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll gather in all my grain and goods and I'll say to myself, self, you've done well. You've got it made and can now retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. Just then, God showed up and said, Fool, tonight you die, and your barn full of goods, who gets it? That's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. Now what I want you to do is go back today or tomorrow or next week or sometime, read that same text, and look how many times that he talked about me, myself, and I, and what I've accomplished, and, and, and even when he said, hey, self, hey, self, and how he communicated. Let's pray, all right? <clears throat> Father, it's a powerful text that you've given us. It's easy for us to be greedy. It's easy for us to not think of somebody else. And it's easy for us to not think about you, God. Forgive us for our lack of faith, our lack of focus on you, and our lack of giving. God, we don't want to be greedy, but we want to honor you in every aspect of our life. Thank you for this family. And God, we want to glorify you in everything we do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If I were an artist, I'd draw a beautiful picture of a beautiful scene of rolling hills, green grass, and I'd see some of those big, large hay bales. They just got through cutting hay and beautiful, and I'd see all the cattle out there, and I'd see some horses, and I'd see... I'd see an unbelievable house. It's a ranch because this guy's rich, isn't he? He's rich, so it's going to be a big, beautiful place, and I'm going to see a bunch of silos. I'm going to see a bunch of barns. It's going to be magnificent-looking place. And he's going to write down at the bottom of that picture, he's going to say, most successful farmer. Jesus comes along, God comes along, and he takes that brush, that paintbrush, he wipes across the most successful farmer, and he says, most failure. wonder why he said that. But he called him a failure, a miserable failure, and he was a greedy farmer, number one on your piece of paper, because he left who out? He left God out. Anytime that I leave God out of the situation, what's going to happen? How many times have you and I pursued something, done something, spent money, bought something, and we never talked to who about it? And he left God out of the situation. In Proverbs chapter, excuse me, Psalm 14, verse 1, the fool has said, there is no God. And God already calls him. He already called him a fool, didn't he? He called him a fool in that scene right there. 
When God had given this man everything that he needed, he had the best land. And he had the most beautiful cattle across that grazing that and all the machinery to produce that farmland. <clears throat> There's a dude sitting here today that wanted to become a farmer. He still has that desire to become a farmer. Can you imagine what it would cost? I saw some of those cotton bales where they process all the cotton, catch all the cotton, and they make a huge bale like they do bales of hay, and it's a cotton bale. That machine alone costs 500000 Just that machine. You go to Cobbtown, you'll see them, won't you, Dale? $500,000. And so what's, what's that machine worth while it's sitting there when you're not producing the cotton crop? It's just sitting over there. Somebody's got to pay, don't they? Somebody's got to pay. And so that guy says, I need two of those because I'm going to produce. God has blessed me with a great crop, and I'm going to put that cotton out there, and I need two of those. And he's got to make some hay. He's got to make all these crops. And how's he going to make all these crops? He's got to have the best of machinery. And he doesn't want to sit on that tractor, and it's not air-conditioned, so he's going to pay $100,000 for that tractor. Who's going to pay for the diesel to get in there? And here's a guy that left God out of his life when God's provided over everything. Number two, this guy also left others out. Why did he leave others out? And my question is, <clears throat> was there a school system where this rich man lived? Was there a school system where there's some needy kids? You and I can go to places right here in Tulsa when people will tell us, and they'll say, hey, Ron, we're getting ready to move. I said, where are you moving? I don't know. When are you going to move? I don't know. And so I'll see them next week. Where are you going to move? I don't know. When are you going to move? I don't know. Where are you going to move? I don't know. Next week they're gone. But I'll see them moving, and guess what they're moving? They've got a Walmart sack inside that Walmart sack, and that's their goods. That's all they've got. I didn't grow up that way. Man, I had, I had my own bedroom until my sister started growing up, and then I didn't need to be in my sister's room, and my mom and dad said, you stay out of her room, and you come in here. You don't need to be in there. You stay away from her, and they preached to me every day. You quit looking in there, and you quit smelling around. You don't need to be in there. You smell like an old hog? Get in there in that corner. You never take a bath? You need to clean up. So you leave your sister alone. I had a maid. Didn't know it. This rich farmer had it made, and he left God out. He left others out. And how many kids need, how many fatherless kids were there at that time? And I guarantee you, they were probably some fatherless kids on that scene. Because mankind's been around a while, hadn't it? And what God say to him? You stinking fool. You got to read the Greek to see the stinking in there. But he called him a fool, didn't he? He called him a fool because he had left God out of the arena and he left others out. When God's not there, we don't care what, what others are doing, do we? We don't care if they're hurt. We don't care if they're in the hospital. We're not going to pray about it because I'm not in the hospital. And I'm not at the cemetery. And I'm not standing there by that casket. So I'm not going to be concerned about others. When we leave God out, then we know what happens. Number three. He thought his soul could be satisfied with stuff. How much stuff do you need, Samer? You got any stuff? Not anymore. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 5 says, Whoever loves money never has enough what? Money. Whoever loves money will never have enough money. And so what do we end up doing? I've got to get another job so I can pursue. Get more what? When I visit with my buddy who has three jobs, guess what they never have enough of? Never have enough. Because I've got to get another job. Because there's always a need out there. And the satisfaction of the income is never there. Number four. He thought he had a lease on life. Thought he had a lease on life. What does that mean? Never going to die, is he? Never going to die. How many of us here today expect to be alive the next six weeks? When that casket is already made, if you're going to get in a casket, or if they're going to cremate you, they've already got the stove warmed up. How many of us think, hey, I can, remember what James said? I can do all this stuff, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you will what? You're going to die. We're all going to die. And it seems like we still have funerals right here and other places. So the question is, what is my relationship with God? Because God told this guy, rich farmer said, you fool, tonight you will what? You will die. And you're bountiful of goods, who's going to get it? Who's going to get your stuff? When we've got something on the wall, we've got something on the shelf, we've got something in the driveway, who's going to get it? Because when we're gone, does it make any difference? Because we're going to be gone. What's going to count? My relationship with my father. Was I, cre was I greedy in that process? Did I allow God to mold me and make me and shape me to be the kind of man that he wants me to be? That I will not be greedy and allow that thought to come in my mind to run serving, sharing, and loving, and giving, and looking for opportunities to give to the glory of God. But when I fill myself and my life with self, then God's not in a picture. God's not in a picture. That's what happens when I fill my barn full, full of my stuff. <clears throat> I'll never forget... My mom and dad had saved a, a lot of money to buy a freezer. We didn't have a washer and dryer, so guess who did the washing and the drying? So I'd put that basket on my bicycle and I'd drive to the laundromat and I'd do the laundry. Then I'd come back and I'd hang it out on the clothes and my next door neighbor's out there making fun of me. Guess what I wanted to do while they're making fun of me? I want to go over and knock them. When that mom and that daughter are standing on that back porch and laughing at me because I'm hanging those clothes on that clothesline and I didn't know what God was doing to me that I, what kind of a person that I would become while they're laughing. 
and I was helping my mom, and I was helping my dad, and I was helping my sister. I was helping the family because I got to serve, and I'm thankful that I could. Did I then? Was I thankful then? Nah. I was mad every clothespin. And it's cold, and I'd get mad again. And I didn't appreciate, just like that farmer, that farmer didn't appreciate what God had given him, the seasons and the right seasons and all the crops, and he gave him the rain, the right rain, the right sunshine, the right everything, and God called him a fool because he was just, because he was greedy. We don't want to be greedy, guys. In Matthew chapter 6, lay not up for yourselves treasures in heaven where lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, but lay up treasures in heaven. And I like the one translation says, stockpile treasures in heaven. Man, that's good news, isn't it? Stockpile those treasures in heaven, and it'll be safe from the moth and the rust and everything that corrupts. Amen? That's why you and I get to give. And for, because where your treasure is, there will your what be? Heart. Amen. Heart. And that's what we're about. We want to be heart people, don't we? Heart people that are concerned for others and the glory of God. In, in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, it says, fear God. What's the rest of it? And keep his commandments. Man, that's good news, isn't it? I get to trust God, I get to respect God, I get to love God, I get to share God, I get to tell others about God, and sometimes they accept it, sometimes they don't. But guess what I'm going to keep doing? I'm going to do what God wants me to do, and that's to show up. If I can't find Teller, what am I going to do? If I can't find Samer, guess what I'm going to do, Teller? I'm going to keep finding that clown somewhere. Somewhere. And I'm going to be him, I'm going to be on him like who? Said, man, won't that guy leave me alone? Why is Jesus, how come he doesn't leave us alone? Because he died on the cross and he wants us to go where? He wants us to spend eternity with him. Cut a better gift than that right there. Man, that's good news, isn't it? Good news where he wants us to be eternally with him. If we can encourage you today, don't be that greedy farmer. Don't be that unsuccessful but be that successful servant of God if you need to be baptized into Christ and have your sins washed away by the blood of the lamb amen, amen. and all the sins are washed away I can't even keep track of mine I don't even want to because I know the blood of Christ has already taken care of that amen even as I put that clothespin on, on there and I'm looking around and it's all about me or I wouldn't have paid attention to him I should have said hey come and help me that's probably what the deal was. They probably wanted to help me, and I didn't ask them. I just stayed mad. But you know a clothespin can cause us to be angry? What's the deal with that? Why would I allow a clothespin to cause me to be angry? And what's the difference in anger and greedy? It's how you spell it. Because it's keeping me away from who? from God. I don't want to be away from the cross. Do you? Let's stand and sing.